Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hello and welcome back to the August 2018 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. Shane Jackson. We are talking about cross-facial nerve grafting versus masseteric to facial nerve transposition for reanimation of incomplete facial paralysis, a comparative study using facial clema evaluating system. This is by Drs. Uh, Hontanilla et al. Uh, from uh, Spain. This was published in the August 2018 PRS. So Shane, what was this paper about in a nutshell? Okay, so basically, this paper is specifically looking at incomplete uh, unilateral facial paralysis. Um, so in comparison to most of the uh, literature out there looking at complete um, facial nerve palsy, where in a central operative point of view, you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Um, here they're looking at it, comparing different techniques for uh, improving smile without compromising uh, the you know, remaining uh, facial nerve function that, that these patients have. Um, and yeah, specifically comparing um, cross facial nerve grafting, which is sort of probably considered the gold standard, to um, the uh, transfer the masseter nerve, um, which is what their unit has uh, tended to like doing. Um, so they've um, compared uh, patients um, done at their institution over a three year period um, and into the the two groups depending on which treatment they received uh, and end up with 28 patients uh, in total. Um, so they, look, they talked about the different techniques um, for the two procedures, essentially cross-facial nerve grafts, a two-stage procedure, um, taking the sural nerve and grafting it firstly uh, to the uh, contralateral unaffected side, end-to-end uh, -to, -end to some zygomatic branches, and then once the tunnel sign is positive on the affected side, then joining that end-to-end -to, -end to uh, the remaining zygomatic branches. Um, whereas the masseteric transposition is a single stage um, operation where the nerve to masseter is joined end-to-end -to, -end, uh, to some residual zygomatic branches on the affected side. Um, and they've looked at uh, sort of a few different factors um, to kind of assess these. Um, from a subjective point of view, they've uh, done a questionnaire looking at how often the patient spontaneously smiles, both pre and post-op. Um, they've got a patient satisfaction questionnaire. Um, and then they've also got their quantitative data um, measuring um, displacement of the oral commissure and also contraction velocity of the oral commissure uh, using this facial clima system, which is like a, a infrared camera 3D data collecting system. Um, so look, what they found, um, unfortunately, probably due to the, the low numbers, because it's not a common problem, um, most of their results didn't reach statistical significance, but the general trends that they saw were that the uh, displacement of the commissure and the contraction velocity were greater in the nerve to masseter group than in the cross-facial nerve graft group. Um, and that, but that the cross-facial nerve graft group uh, had a higher amount of uh, spontaneous smile post-op, uh, although both groups did uh, achieve some degree of spontaneity. Um, I guess the other good thing is that the patient satisfaction in both groups was over 80%, um, 
and again, no statistically significant differences between that. Um, so their conclusion was that both of them are, you know, were good options, um, although you may get some lower spontaneity in the nerve to masseter group, um, they preferred it because they got more movement in the commissure and it was also a single stage procedure with uh, some less morbidity associated. So, look, I guess looking through the results, um, there's a bit of a, an interesting paper. I mean, the absolute improvement pre to post-op that they got for these uh, two different treatments was sort of one to three millimetres. So it's not a huge difference for, for a lot of work. Um, and I guess the other thing to think about, although obviously from a statistical reporting, a paper point of view, it's good to have these, you know, really precise measurements, and they are very precise, you know, in terms of how they've measured them all. Um, but I guess the patient doesn't present to you wanting their oral commissure to move by, you know, so many millimetres more. They come to you wanting their face to look normal to other people when they smile. Um, and so I guess there's a lot more to, to treating this sort of patient than just, you know, a specific change in the position of their commissure. Yes. And I think, you know, they've presented three of their 28 patients um, showing pre and post-op photos in the paper. Um, and out of those three, I think one is a fantastic result, um, which was a masseteric nerve transfer. Uh, but the other two patients, I think, even though, yes, the commissure looks different in both photos, if you look at the overall symmetry and this normality of the face, to me, there really didn't seem a whole lot of difference pre and post-op, as I'm not sure whether that's worth it. Although, the, I guess the patient satisfaction, you know, the patients themselves seemed actually quite happy, so. Yeah. One of the big things um, which a lot of people discuss is the ability to develop spontaneity of smiling with uh, the uh, nerve to masseter. So what did they find in terms of that? Like what were they finding? Yeah, so it seemed like, you know, they'd, you know, they liked to do that technique in their unit. It seemed mm -hmm. like they'd had to be resistant to that. People would tell them, you won't get a spontaneous smile. That's the downside of this procedure. And so, you know, they've showed that, you know, on average, you know, the degree of spontaneity with that technique was about 50%. Um, yeah, which still seems pretty good, you know, as compared to 80% in the cross-facial nerve graft group. Yeah. Again, not a statistically significant difference. But, but it's a pretty big difference. I mean, you yeah. imagine if they had more power in the study where it would actually show, well, actually, mm. the cross-facial nerve graft is better at, um, at actually developing a spontaneous smile. Mm. Um, but look, I thought it was an interesting paper. Um, obviously, there are anatomical advantages to using the nerve to masseter in terms of ease, uh, you know, number of stages involved and the like. Yep. Um, and in their hands, they seem to have good results. Although certainly with the spontaneity of smile, they can't really say they've, they've kind of got an equivalent procedure. And a, a non-statistically significant difference it does not mean they're the same. Yes. Yeah. It, again, it also doesn't mean it's different. It's hard when, when all of their results fail to reach statistical significance, it's hard yes. to draw a lot of conclusions. Yes. But, but it, it's hard to to get a higher power for something that's not that common. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. And once again, I mean, basically, they've already declared their hand. Uh, they've said this is their preferred way of doing it. So whether they're actually going to get enough cross-facial nerve graft patients to, to do a meaningful comparison going forward uh, is an issue because it sounds like from now on they'll mainly be using uh, nerve to masseter. 
but anyway, look, it, it certainly adds something to the discussion and something to the literature uh, around facial nerve reconstruction for incomplete facial nerve palsy. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.